we're on. This is third episode of No One Special, maybe fourth, I don't know how we edit it. And just with JJ yeah, and it's David. And today's guest is Laura. Laura Spinks, my mother. Yeah. Actually, um Laura Dickerman Robus Lauder Spinks. Oh my. Oh yeah. You know, I just wanna get a little closer to the mic. Yeah. Now let's make sure we're picking you up here. Hold on. All right. Um. Well. So. You're my mom. You've been my mom my whole I life. I am. Yeah. Why I was chosen to be your mother, I don't know. Yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, it's been a wild sure ride. Sure, really happened though. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you did an excellent job through and through. Oh mm-hmm. shucks. Do go on. <laughs> well, you were a teacher the whole time. My whole time I've known you. I was, That's you, true. Your first year teaching, I was in your belly. I remember um, signing the contract for my first year teaching and then going to the doctor to see why I wasn't feeling very well. Mm-hmm. And uh, nine months later during spring break, there you came. So oh, you, wow. It was really nice. I didn't have to go back to teaching until the next year. So I got a good four months with you. Oh, okay. Before I had to go back. Yep, and um, so you say you signed a contract. Um, well, yeah, when you become a teacher, you sign a contract um, that you'll agree to teach there and stuff. Right, and abide by all you, their... Anytime you hi- get hired somewhere. Right. Yeah. Of course. They hired me. And uh, how, how did you like your teaching experience? What did you teach? Uh, first three years, I taught at a, uh, well, it was called a junior high, but it's... I taught eighth grade um, earth science and physical science the first three years and I had to travel a good bit I had to travel 45 minutes one way and then I had uh, two older kids so I had three small children and it was it was really hard yeah because of all the work I had to do being a first-year teacher but um, your father was super supportive he was a stay-at-home dad right and he did all the meals and kept up with you kids so that was really nice that was a good a good time in our marriage oh really yeah my first year teaching I had a wife so to speak oh right right you mm-hmm. have someone to, to support you yeah at home that, that's always good yeah because I would be really tired too when I got home oh yeah mm-hmm. absolutely um, t- t- teaching kids isn't easy I'll imagine eighth graders because they're not uh, yeah eighth graders was hard for me after three years I um got a job at a much closer school and it was a high school and I taught chemistry. Was that Polk County High School? Yeah, it yeah. was and I stayed there. Did you have to my whole career. Get new you didn't have to get new new uh, credentials to be a chemistry teacher. No, there was something called reciprocity which you could at that time my teaching license was good for both states. Oh. And I um I had my license in all sciences, so Oh that's good. Oh yeah. But I going from middle school to high school was really good for me. I liked high school a lot better. Right, they're tiny adults instead yeah, of tiny yeah. adult children, like children, they really children. Are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because eighth grade people are just—they're trying to figure things out. Let's yeah, a lot of things way. out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, still goes on to high school, but yeah. most yeah. emotional version. This of wasn't for me. I'm, some teachers are really good at the middle school level other teachers are really good for little kids oh, yeah. I think my niche was high school so I think you would have done great in college 
you've always said that, you know? You're like, no, why don't you be more faster? <laughs> and I guess if I was, I would still do some of the stuff like give out stickers and sure. make them have an organized notebook and stuff that I did in the high school. Positive reinforcement. People love stickers. Stickers are great. <laughs> yeah, they do love stickers. Yeah, I, I, you know, if I get a sticker doing something good, you know. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. From my work, I would probably appreciate that. Uh-huh. And they'd say, even in high school, where's my sticker? And it's like, well, you didn't make an A-plus, man. You didn't get a sticker. <laughs> my daughter said that the computer that was issued to her, like, one of the teachers, like, gave them the whole class stickers to put on their computer. And then at the end of the year, they all got in trouble for having stickers on their computer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I had it down to a science. Like, mm. they'd get a, a little sticker for 100 on a homework grade or a quiz grade. A medium-sized sticker if they made an A in a lab, oh. which chemistry, you know, it's not easy yeah. to make an A in a lab. Um, and then I give them a big sticker if they made an A in a test. Oh, oh, they did anything with those big stickers, <laughs> man. And they would probably put them on their notebooks. Turn in all their mole books. Yeah, plus. and they especially like the scratch and sniff stickers, man. If they got a hold of one of those, it was like, oh, I scratch my sniff. I mean, it's so simple. I mean, like a sticker to I know. a, you I know, know, teenage young adult. Yeah, it changes everything. They like the stickers. And you, you were uh you were nominated for teacher of the year a few times. Um, I I was asked to be on the nomination thing for many years and I said no for many years Why? because the students did not get a say. It's the teachers that decide if you're teacher of the year. Now how the heck are the teachers gonna know? Yeah, they just so know I said, you're well, from I don't wanna do this. I want the students yeah. to be involved. And then about 10 years before I retired or so, I thought, you know what? I'm gonna need a decent pension. And I know my pension is determined by how much money I make. So I think I wanna go for that national board certification. In the state of North Carolina, you get a 12% increase in pay Whoa. for 10 years for being nationally board certified. And then I thought, well, to become nationally board certified, I probably need to, probably needs to show that I have a lot of extra little prudential things. So mm -hmm. one year, I think it was in 05, they said, um, well, you know, once again, you've been nominated <laughs> to be on the ballot. And I said, well, yeah, go ahead. And pff, I got teacher of the year. And then mm -hmm. at the county level, because by then, half the people in the county level were former students of mine. Um, <laughs> I was a shoe in for the county teacher of the year. Oh, wow, so really? Both. I didn't know that. I got both, yeah. I got a little plaque. I have it in my oh, office nice. to this day. <laughs> no, I really think you're right. I mean, I know yeah. it's not, you know, you didn't get it from the kids, but, like, you know, you were teaching for, that, that, at that time, 20 years or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I mean, it, it at least looks, uh, looks good on the resume. It did, and, and yeah, I did get national board certified. Yeah. What's the, um, what's the hardest thing about teaching kids and being, you know, getting direction from, the, I guess, the state and yeah. all that? The hardest thing for me was classroom management. They do not teach you how to manage, like, the students, like if the kid is disruptive and stuff. So um, that was the hardest thing for me. And then it hit me. I had an epiphany mm -hmm. that, um, oh, you know, when you get your class roster, it's, it's bad to say this and admit this, but bef when you get your roster before school starts, you always go to the other teacher and say, hey, man, 
how is this kid? How is this kid? You know? Oh. I was like, oh, these two kids, man, don't put them together. And blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you'll hear all the bad stuff. And, oh, this girl's so sweet. And they'd even put little smiley faces next to the good ones. We got a guest. I'll get my girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, so. Uh, oh, it's Marcos. Life is happening yeah, at know. the moment. Yeah, it's the thing about doing it in your living room. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is he going now? Thanks, babe. No, is it's fine. Aw. Either edit it out or people will enjoy the authenticity. authenticity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is for real. Yeah. Anyway, so what I would do is the first day of school, and I've done this since day one, I would give them a set of questions. Um, that they'd have to write down the answers to, okay? Um, what is your full name? This is what's your own your personal thing. Yes, every single first day of school with my students. Um, what's your birthday? What birth order are you? Who do you get along the best in your family and why? What are your hobbies? What's something you're really good at? And I'd throw in there, like, why are you taking chemistry, you know, instead of basket weaving? Because mm -hmm. you don't need chemistry to get a high school diploma. No. And uh, just a lot of questions, about 12 or 13 questions. And that night I would take the questions and the answers and I would curl up on the couch and I'd read them and I would try to get to know these people that God has entrusted with me for that semester for those 90 days because that's the way you I really feel about it when I see that roster I don't see oh Johnny blah 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 you know but the teachers say I see right my kid Johnny from their who point I've been of view. entrusted with yeah. and try to figure out who Johnny is and so for the ones that I've gotten bad reports on, especially I'd make sure to make a note in my head of what their their hobbies are, whether it be a lot of video games or hunting or something, and even if it's something that I don't do, like I've never, I've never hunted or anything, but my second husband did. Right. So when then they come in the next day, as they're coming in the room, I'll say, Yeah, I saw that you like to hunt, and you know my second husband liked to hunt. He caught an eight, he shot an eight point, and blah blah blah, and First of all, they would be taken aback that I would know anything at all about them. Oh, right, right. And I would develop a rapport right then. And I do that for two reasons. One, it solved a lot of my management problems because now they're on my side. Right. And secondly, it just made them feel better. Right, like right. Like they had worth. Made them feel more comfortable. Yeah. Because, you know, school, it can be very uncomfortable mm -hmm. for a lot of people. Yeah. And having a... A bad teacher can just well, see, what's ruin a, a, a subject or a class A bad teacher to one kid might be a good teacher to somebody else. So I don't know. I'm not sure what a bad teacher is. Um, remember Mr. Bishop? Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mr. Bishop was Mr. cool, Bishop? though, because he went to Woodstock. Okay, I can tell. But, like, <laughs> yeah, the guy is like, was, yeah, like, he was seven tall foot and tall. Lanky. But it, the worst thing is he was awkward. And, yeah. like,. He, he didn't know how to publicly speak, and he was trying to teach geography, so, yeah. the most boring subject ever. I know, ever. I know. Like, I remember um, I had Marcos in that class, the guy who was just here. Oh, um, yeah. And, you know, he would smoke, he would open the window in the corner and freaking mm -hmm. smoke a cigarette, and he wouldn't do anything. I mean, I'm not oh, saying that's, yeah, that's yeah. a, you know, yeah. bad teacher in a way. I don't yeah, know. I know what you're saying. It could be that that particular class. It was also was, a bunch of rambunctious. Hated. Well, he, yeah. Geography is one of those things you need to have. 
Yes, or, it was. Yeah, and um, you know, so you don't have you, to have geography anymore, at least in the state of North Carolina. Do you know that? Do you don't have to? No, not well, in high school. That that had changed from the time I was a freshman to the time I was doing adult mm-hmm. high school classes. Mm-hmm. Because okay. um, I, I didn't have to take geography when I did that. Well, you really should because it when people I, don't it's know more that useful like, now. Paris is a city and not a country. Yeah, geography is more more useful yeah. now, I guess. And I remember, but even still, like. Yeah. A lot of people don't even leave Polk County, so, you know, how, I know. how I important know. is geography to some people? Uh-huh. And I took your little sister to Ecuador. I've got a friend that lives there, thinking I want exposure to the world, you know. So we go down to Ecuador, and she gets off the plane and says, there's sure are a lot of Mexicans down here. It's like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> You're in Mexico. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> or whatever. You're in South America. Yeah, yeah. Middle America. So, uh, is very important. Do you know your aunt? My sister has a bachelor's degree in geography. Really? Yeah, that was where her bachelor's degree was in. Spies have cool. the weirdest degrees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think my, mom, my aunt's a spy. She's <laughs> not a spy. She worked for the State Department. She worked next to D.C. <laughs> she actually worked in D.C. Yeah, she worked commuted in... to D.C. Yeah. And you know she went to Pakistan as a like a store manager. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's basically what her job was, as she said. Yeah. Which you know it probably is. I don't know. Hey, and Becky. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, teaching was. I've always felt like I was um, a teacher more than I was. A chemist, like that was my big thing. I loved chemistry, teaching that. And I'm gonna tell you why I like teaching chemistry. Yeah. It's to gain, the kids can gain the confidence, especially some of those girls. Because um, that lack of confidence is, I didn't have much confidence in high school. No. No, I didn't think I was that smart. When I went to college, I remained undeclared for four years. Drove my dad nuts, he was a professor. Yeah. But I was undeclared for four years and I took a lot of biology classes, but I was terrified of take of majoring in it because I had to have two years of chemistry, a year of inorganic and a year of organic. Okay. Well, finally, I started producing children. I got married while I was in college and um, started having children. Not you yet. You came no, along no, my no. first year teaching, yeah. if you recall. But I did have, um, and I thought, well, I'm going to major in biology. I guess it's the things I have the most credits in. That and psychology and I think I can get a job in psychology. So um, I went ahead and took the chemistry, and I don't know if it was the professor. I'm, I feel sure it was a lot of it was the professor. I loved it. Really? If I had been more confident, I would have majored in chemistry uh, all along instead of waiting to the last minute. Did it just, did it just fascinate you, or is it the teacher? It's, like? um, it's applied math. Yeah. I've always liked math. Right. And it's also like being a magician, you know, when you do demonstrations like – Wow, why did it turn red? And it's like, well, it was a pH indicator. And, you know, you get to teach I mean, like, them the... The, the, the makeup of the universe, as we know, it, is just yeah. applied math. It's like, it's how many... Um, yeah, astrophysics. It? Yeah, it's, well, not even that. It's just like, what is hydrogen made of and helium? It's all just yeah. adding one thing and adding one more. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, that's what makes up matter. Yes. And it's just, it all deter- it's all determined by math. Yeah, basically yeah. or you know how many of something something like uh-huh. it's crazy and it really is i know like it, it, one thing that's hard to teach about teaching chemistry is that you can't show them an atom you can show them mm-hmm. a model of an atom but the model is there's always you know things terribly wrong 
with, I mean, it terribly not wrong, but um, inaccurate about a model. For example, yeah, I mean those like those like the atom octagon mm-hmm. things or whatever shape it is, and it's all the connected elliptical and, things. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> For example, you know, most they have a little nucleus, and then they have those elliptical things, like you call them, the electron clouds. Mm-hmm. This is what they are. Yeah. All right. In real life, the nucleus is incredibly small compared to where the electrons are. If you were to enlarge an atom to the size, like the nucleus to the size of a tennis ball, all right, can you, are you with me? Yeah. The the nearest orbiting electron, the nearest electron would be two miles away. Mm. Two miles away. So you can't accurately depict the model of an atom you're gonna have it's going to be it boggles the mind really because all all the stuff we're made of is atoms and most of yeah. atoms is this hollow space yeah it is we're mainly I mean, nothing how, and how can we possibly even imagine that i we, know i know like how could anybody without technology even conceive that possibly i mean like yeah well it was a long it was a long road that discovery of the atom thing no absolutely but it started um before in bc with democritus He's the first one that he, of course, he wasn't a scientist. He was a philosopher. But he's the one that came up with the idea of the atom. Right. Everybody else said, no, elements are either air <laughs> or water or fire or, fire <laughs> or earth. <laughs> and he said, no, I think they're made of these little tiny things called atoms. Well, atomos, which in Greek means indivisible. Yeah. You can't split them. They're oh. just little tiny things. And, uh, of course, now we do know how to split an atom. Yeah, well, that's dangerous, isn't it? But, you know, hey, Mm -hmm. that was just in the, what, the 30s. Isn't it kind of a forbidden thing? You shouldn't split atoms? Chemically, you can't split an atom. Right. But using fusion. Fission. There's a difference? Yeah. Fission is when you split it. Fusion is when it comes together. Oh, that makes a whole lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Words are fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They're confusing, right? Well... (laughs) They you, can be I until you learn you the are, rules. Are into words. David, are you into words? I, I'd say for the most part, I'm kind of a hermit, but I, I like language. I'm the kind of person that would spend a day on like Wikipedia, just looking up random words, or on a Scrabble dictionary yeah, or something. Me too. You know what I mean? Just, me too. Just and the fun. roots of them. Absolutely. Like, yeah. I was just using the word confusion. You know, like the word con means against. The word fuse means together. It's an oxymoron of a word. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I think you're thinking of con pros and cons, yeah, right? Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. 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 <laughs> Language uh-huh. is fun, though. Like. You're right. Fusion. Because yeah. yeah. Well, what's confusion? <laughs> <laughs> against breaking apart. But um, well, you you mentioned. I mean, you love you love science. I mean, you. I do. Have, yeah, I mean. Yeah. I do too. I, I don't know if I get it from you or it's just natural curiosity. Well, here's you a like science question things. for you. Hmm. How much do you think is just? Well, it's it go nature versus nurture. Oh. You know. That's that's yeah. that's so difficult. Yeah. That's an age old question. Is everything yeah, from somebody, or are you just naturally born? I mean, yeah. no, I think there's elements of both. It's I mean, not it has all to be one or the other. That's I. I think a lot of times when we get in these arguments, these age-old arguments, we don't consider that it's both. We just I want know. to pick a side and be Black like, no, or white it's, when it's really gray. Right, it's yeah. always gray. I agree, I agree with that, David. I you know, agree like with that. something's yeah. genetically your 
predisposed to. And yeah. then I think that a lot of things babies are learned. Through. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like the first five years, you know, has dramatic effects of how someone acts from then on. You think the first five years? Oh, uh, that's what a psychologist person yeah. said. And yeah. when they expressed it, it seemed right. Because, you know, like, by then you have, like, all the where are you getting your positive reinforcements from? Like they were using the um, analogy of if you're an older brother or sister and you're helping with the baby, you get positive reinforcements from helping. So that may make you a more helpful person in the future if for the first few years you're oh, just a yeah. constant little helper. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it doesn't mean older brothers and sisters, you know, are yeah. going to be helpful. It's just mm-hmm. like a common trait I that can happen I because we learn the social. Yeah, if, yeah and you know, that's how you yeah. get your praise and your, your, your worth when you're yes. in the first few years of your life. Yeah. yeah. And if you're, you know, first few years of, um, you know, you're just all, you know, it all depends on that. If you're, you're you know, usually shy people just aren't around too many people the first few years of, of, of their life. Mm-hmm, that makes them shy. Yeah, like, you know, I, I had brothers and sisters and you and Horace and mm-hmm. dad and, yeah. you know, everything growing up. Uh, I wasn't alone, but, like, my brothers and sisters, their ages were so spread oh. out. Like, I wasn't alone, but I had no one to relate to at the home front. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it made me be a very, um, inter- you know, shy person mm-hmm. growing up. I had to really fight through to stop yeah. being so shy. Right, and I think a lot of my socialism... You know, being socialized as younger, like I did have a twin sister, so it was yeah, yeah. You know, that yeah. was very much. Are a you still? But you're still an introvert. But I'm still still consider myself an introvert. Right. Yes, like I'm capable of carrying on conversation. I've worked in restaurants my whole life, so yeah. I have to be. I'm forced to be extroverted, but yeah, I usually end up back in my shell at some point. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. But um, well, science. You you also have a strong belief. And um, and God. Um, yeah, I do. But does and, and that can come from a scientific standpoint. Does the, the, the only thing that contradicts each other? Not at know? all. No, I think it's two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. You know, the head side and the tail side of the coin look very different, but they still spend the same. And I think um, I think science is just trying to figure out and apply God's physical laws. Whereas um, the spiritual laws are the religion part. Right. The more, um, um, what's going on in our brains. Yeah. And it, um, I think there's basic stuff in science that really supports the idea that God exists. Uh, for example, from a scientific viewpoint, you can't have something from nothing. Right. I mean, Everything they were talking has about to that. Come, yeah. You can't have something from nothing. And um, there's also a second law of thermodynamics which says that it's the law of entropy that everything goes more to disorder. Like if you didn't clean up this room, which you apparently did, it looks really good. Yeah, really? Yeah. I mean, it's not going to clean up by itself. No. If you don't take energy to clean it up, it's going to get more and more messy. Dishes don't do themselves. Um, no. If you mix a salad, it doesn't go back to the different ingredients. No, it gets more and more mixed up. Mm. Entropy, it's a driving force in nature. Right. Yet DNA is the most organized molecule by far than any right. other molecule. And organized, not yeah. disorganized. Com- no, completely organized. Without the D- you know, your DNA um, 
structure, like you know. The nucleotides, maybe. No, that just the the setup, the. Uh, oh, the double helix. Yeah, yeah. Without mm-hmm. without all of that. Yeah, just you know, everything. All that information. Yeah. It, that that's all of us. Uh, you know, and it's yeah. it's in every single cell, mm-hmm. right? So that and anyway, DNA contradicts um, that law of entropy. So there what? has to be something. And uh, plus, I've you know experienced stuff. Right, and that's where like, yeah. well, you know, a like lot when of I was pregnant with you, yeah, the doctors, my mom, oh my gosh, my mom didn't <laughs> talk to me for months. Um, there was an IUD, yeah, in sonic, you know, in in my uterus, and uh, the doctor was like, "No, you're going to get toxemia. Don't carry the child." I knew it's not. I just knew you'd be fine. Right. I didn't. It wasn't like, oh, I hope he's fine. We pray about it. I'm sorry, I'm using a southern accent. I shouldn't do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, that's it, I just knew you'd be fine. It was. It was a. God told me you'd be fine, and I didn't question it. And so, um, lo and behold, you're my biggest child. And there were a lot of people in the room, a lot of students thinking, oh wow, this is just unprecedented with the IUD thing. You know, doesn't right. happen very often. And um, there it was in the placenta. And you were fine. You were no, I was almost big, nine huge. pounds. Yeah, <laughs> it's a big baby. Yeah. But, like, when you say God told you, I mean, like, you didn't... I didn't hear it, the verbalization thing. I just knew it in my gut, you know, because, really, God is not made of matter, so he doesn't have vocal cords. And, in fact, even using he, right. I, it's kind of, kind of maybe even offensive that there's a to gender and God. There's, yeah, there's no gender. Yeah, how could I But you don't want to say it because that doesn't sound very No, good. it doesn't. And it's just kind of more tradition and yeah. saying he. Yeah. Even yeah. makes sense. But I don't. Um, people that are agnostic yeah. or atheist. Yeah. I mean, I certainly don't think of them any less than me. We're all children of God. Well, we okay. Well, when you say God, though, like um, which God specifically? Like a monotheistic God. What do you mean, which God? I mean, like um, like the Christian God, uh, Hindu God, well, or. There's I'm a Baha'i, so it's all the same God. Okay, that's what I was kind of getting to. Like, mm-hmm. they don't. Baha'is like, believe in yeah, t- progressive revelation, which um, Jesus was sent down. Right. But then God also sent Muhammad, which yeah, God sent someone since then, and it's all the same central truth with different social uh, things for that time. Right. Like um, in the Old Testament, you know, women weren't allowed to even go in the temple and they weren't allowed to cut their hair. There's all kinds of things with women. Well, back in that day, women did have to be uh, protected. They really shouldn't have had a voice because they they should be the ones that were protected. Yeah. I can't it was, explain. Well, it was the, the times. So the times, you know, the yeah. cultural thing at the time, mankind wasn't ready for women to have equal rights and stuff. No, not at all. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, it was still just hunting, hunting and gathering, and. Well, no, I mean, beyond that, even like that. Um, well, it's it, just, it, it just wasn't time. It's kind of like trying to teach a kid archaic. calculus when they're in third grade. Yeah. Okay. Good luck. Right. It's not that calculus isn't there. It's right. just that a third grader can't grasp it. Well, humanity was at more like the third grade right. level back then. Right. And right now yeah. we're high school doing yeah. calculus. Yeah. You'll and notice the Old Testament God. If you're a Christian, you. You're very familiar with the Old Testament versus New Testament. Yeah. Well, the Old Testament's like came from the Torah, from the Jewish, just certain books from the Torah. 
um, when I read the Bible for the first time, I noticed there were like two different gods. The Old Testament God was the because I said so God. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, well, you know? everyone hates that and one. The New Testament mm-hmm. God was more like um, I love you no matter what, more of a feminine thing. Right, maternal. Unconditional love type God, of course, coming from Jesus. Yeah. Well, how can it be the same God? Well, mm-hmm. back in those, when you're a little kid, mm-hmm. the parent needs to make the rules because I said so. Right. I said so works for a three-year-old. And you can't really explain to Humanity them the whole complications of why you shouldn't lie. Exactly. <laughs> Just because I said so. And they yeah. get punished for the result. And yeah. a lot of punishing going on by God back then, you know. You know, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. No, I don't, the yeah, whole we, Noah we thing and yeah. all oh, kinds geez. of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but then when you become, say, in middle school or mm-hmm. a preteen, as a parent, the because I said so shouldn't doesn't and shouldn't work anymore. Yeah, you should right. be able to explain anything, why yeah. to yeah. give them a sense of internal thing so they can grow up. You don't want a fifty-year-old saying, "Oh, because God said so," and not even you know know anything else. Right. And so that's um that's more of the New Testament God because humanity was evolving into humanity's and, like and, just and like the and still is. person. And, like the, and now we're teenagers. Yeah. Right. We want to know the explanations to things. Now sure, we teenagers. do. Yeah. We so know oh, we're curious about our surroundings. It's why these never. rules are in place? You yeah. Know, why. I mean, like, uh, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm excited about being actually being alive during this time because it's just an opening to a whole new universe. It really, really. is. Because yeah. we're, we're really trying, starting to understand the universe. We're starting to, we have know, access to information study it and actually calculate the universe. Just think about it. Like we're right in the middle of the COVID thing right now. Yeah. COVID-19. Well, and there was a COVID-18. We didn't know it was coronavirus <laughs> because we didn't know what viruses were back then. We certainly didn't know the shape of them yeah, yeah. like we do now. But um, it was still very, very bad. But look how much more than we know just in the last hundred years about oh, yeah. just medicine. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Took what fifty years for them to figure out a vaccine for polio. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. And even that was just serendipitous. I remember the first person to invent the microscope. He just like got mm-hmm. the first thing he looked under was water. He's like, I want to see what's in water. And he's like, mm-hmm. Holy crap! There's things living in water that yeah. we can't even see. And it was amazing. Yeah. Amazing. He had to bring in all, all all his friends over and yeah. open up a whole new world of science. I know. Of small little animals. Well, that same guy, you know, he started putting everything under a microscope back then. Yeah. And then it didn't take long for him to put um, semen under a microscope. Really? And see the sperm. And it, like that, you're totally freaked out. How did he get that sample of that? I have no idea. I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> but yeah, you can see little sperm. You can see little sperm, and a lot, yeah. most of the sperm really don't know how to swim very well. No, no, it takes the best swimmers to it get there. It really does. Yeah. yeah. One out of a million thing. And actually, mm-hmm. most of them, from, this is what I've read, because I'm very interested in, on the, uh, on the cellular level, you know, reproduction. Yeah. Um, most of them really aren't supposed to be the good swimmers. They're supposed to block further semen from coming up there. Oh, there's a the dead cavity. weight. Okay. Well, they're supposed to, dead like, not semen. swim, but then kind of clog up the entryway <laughs> for the next recipient. Oh, so that that, competition. So that, that person, competition. Produce, not person, but that yeah. organism producing the sperm, mm-hmm. That one of their sperm will make it. Mm. So you got one of them that's the champion, and then oh, you got all the man, contenders keeping the other contenders from climbing up the so ladder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what life is. Life yeah. is so competitive. Because there's millions of sperm in just one ejaculation. Anyway. Mm. And only a few of them are really meant to try to make it up that far. Because they have to go really far. I mean, they have to go like 
through the vagina, through the cervix, which is really tight, mm. and through that whole big uterine cavity, and then up into one of the little fallopian tubes. Oh my. <laughs> It's far for a little one-celled organism. I'm just like crossing the Atlantic Ocean. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. I want to know that math actually. <laughs> How far is it from oh, you vagina could to egg? It. I know yeah, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure it's a long. Well, anyway, trip. I feel awkward talking about sperm with my son. <laughs> nah, I mean, but it's science. I know. I, one thing I, even though I taught biology, I was just really not about the sexual reproduction thing. I'm, I'm very modest when it comes to that. Yeah, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess back on the uh, your your religion, that always um was curious to me. I guess yeah, because it I was like I went to Baptist. But the irony is that I tend to marry. Um, I've had three husbands. That's why my name's so long. <laughs> I tend to marry Southern men, and I'm from up north. And I tend to marry Baptist men. Well, two for three, right? Oh, your father was kind of raised Baptist. Well, he was raised Baptist. I Listen, never had a Baptist sense of He was never him. really... Here's what turned your dad off to Christianity. Ooh, what's that? It was at a very young age. Um, his parents split up. He did not have it easy. His parents split up when he was seven. Um, and his mother, he had an older sister and a younger sister, Aunt Pam and Aunt Kathy. Well, Aunt, Ka- Aunt Pam was only two years old. So the mother left... Your grandmother left your grandfather, and she went to Columbia, South Carolina, yeah. from North Carolina, with just the youngest one. She couldn't take all three. Oh, no. She just couldn't. Yeah. And um, your grandfather was working as a machinist, I think, and he really couldn't take care of the two older ones. And so they were shipped off to his sister's house, your great-aunt Mary. Mary and Harmon Holiday were their names. Mary In Manning, Har- South Carolina. Hmm. Well, Mary was already had six or eight kids. She had a bunch of kids. I think she had six. Right. And Harmon just wheeled with an iron fist. Every Sunday, they'd go to church. He was very fundamentally Christian. And this is back in the late 50s, okay? Yeah. Every day, every Sunday after church, he would line up all the children, his and, of course, his niece and nephew, and he would take a hickory stick or something and just beat them. Oh, whether they did anything wrong or not, that was just the Sunday beating they got. <laughs> now, have you ever heard of that? Right child. before you go to church? That's after they go to church, before, I don't know, but it was every right. Sunday. Oh, jeez. That totally turned, your father had no respect for this man. No. And um, that turned him off to Christianity in general. And what a shame. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know? That is totally the opposite of, you know, what I get when I read the New Testament and about, you know, the Prince of Peace. Spare and, the rod. Yeah, yeah spare yeah. the you know, that's Spare yeah. the child, Jesus. I don't know. It's not. The, there's one other family I've heard that they happened to. I think it was, yeah, it, it was somebody here in Polk County. Um, my neighbor, Sandra, her uncle used to do that with his kids. And uh, the kids were kind of proud of it, though. They were like, yep. We got whooped every Sunday, and <laughs> look how good we turned out. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, they, they didn't. They turned out okay. Although, you know, here's something, and I'm going to ask you guys this. Hmm. How do you know that you turned out okay as an adult? Oof. Well, I don't have no idea. It's a litmus test. About all of it. Mm-hmm. I think I'm crazy in a way, but then again, I think everyone's a little crazy. Um 
I mean, what's the measure of success? I mean, what is normal? What is average? What is, is well just, adjusted? Oh, I didn't turn I out mean, to be a monster. I must be okay. Oh, you know, I'm not I a, didn't become I'm a, serial a serial killer. killer. Yeah, <laughs> you know, a girl can be like, I, I didn't become yeah. a stripper, so I must be yeah. good. You know, and that's you know, a positive. Like everyone's thing, sure. own individual measurement. I don't know. Like, well, it it can't. I know it can't be the amount of wealth you acquire. Well, no, that's because like because there's you know, some rich people that have. Yeah. I've seen a lot of. Unless that's how you want your child to be raised. I mean, that's, you, didn't, that ins- you didn't really instill, like, you have to get out there and make lots of money and be yeah. successful. Yeah. You know, and, and so in that respect, I haven't failed. I mean, you, in, yeah. in, in that way. Um, but I do think financial independence is a measure. Yeah. No, sure. Like, yeah, um, that's got to be a measure to me. You know, and that's, that's the thing about being a mom. I'll never know it. For a teacher, yeah, I can I can get teacher of the year. Okay, that's a measure that I've success. I can get. Well, you can see the certified. kids' grades too. I can get yeah the kids' grades. Their their final exams, their state tests are good. You know their parents. Uh, so I know that that affirms that I have been a good teacher, I guess. But um, as a mom, I have no idea. Yeah, I, I have know. no idea yeah. if I did a good job. All I know is that I did the very then, best I could. Yeah, and well, even if I messed up. At least I did the best I could at the time. Well, let me tell you that I, you know, I had no form of trauma due to you or even Horace or Dad or whatever. And you know, I, there was some hard times and some arguments and a couple of fights, but yeah, I was never traumatized as a child. And okay. that can that could be a great measurement of you know how well someone was raised. <laughs> no, that they didn't get traumatized. Yeah, yeah, like you know, like I've heard plenty of stories of you know kids childhood and there's always there's a few, you know usually a few things that stick out that you know were completely a product of how they were raised wow. in, or the environment they were in see you know I'm, I'm, i didn't know that no yeah i and, should know that but, but you know so like i think nature versus nurture again just yeah. you know mm-hmm. hmm. like you know you see something horrible as a child yeah. like um well, here know. is dawned on me and I've got a story to tell you that led up to this all right so I was teaching and my oldest child your older brother Jacob was in the sixth grade and I got a call and a teacher came down and to pull me out of the classroom and said um, Laura your son's just been suspended from school and I was like what my heart just sank and so it just so happened that I was teaching my fourth period. And in that fourth period class was what all the other teachers considered to be the worst kid in the whole school, um, Derek Pack, okay? I don't know if you know Derek Pack or not. Mm-hmm. He's probably in his mid-40s now. Yeah, he's got to be. But um, I liked Derek Pack. I always liked Derek Pack. Remember the little thing I did, right? Learn about the kid mm-hmm. and don't go by what the other teachers say. So, And I put Derek Pack with someone in chemistry he was in my chemistry class anyway so Derek Pack was in that class and he was um, like I say considered the worst kid in the school and so I came back in the classroom with a dazed look on my face holding back tears and I said Derek Pack may I see you in the hallway please for a minute and you know there's Derek he's like crap what did I do what did I do <laughs> and he came out there and um, I closed the door behind me and I said Derek still maintaining my composure 
what grade were you in the first time you got suspended from school? Because he was suspended right and left, you know, <laughs> whatever. Not from me, but You're from trying to make a comparison. And so, yeah, of course I was. <laughs> what, what grade were you in the first time you got suspended from school? He said, I don't know, Miss Dickerman, uh, seventh grade? <gasps> and I, that's, that was it. I lost it. I said, my son just got suspended from school <laughs> in the sixth grade and then i broke down and Derek pack put his arms around me and comforted me Aww. and says that's okay miss dickerman right, i'm worst. sure you're a good mom <laughs> you know and we said we just had a moment together Aww. and then um it just he made me feel so much better and then we went back in the classroom so-called worst kid in school well at least we know he has empathy you know well, yeah, i always yeah, knew he had empathy sure, i didn't right. need that moment to teach me that exactly. no and i still see him you know around town and uh i don't know it's just so much easier to find the good in people you know right. how much do you think like our self-fulfilling prophecies play a role in what our lives turn out to be if you are that kid growing up in school that's getting made fun of or getting suspended all the time and getting in trouble it how much does that play a effect, role in your life huge yeah. effect yeah i know people my age who were um bullied at school like years ago and they the, they have a very they have a wall mm -hmm. and they distrust people a lot from that and it i don't think you can really shake that and they um they're paranoid Not i sure. think a lot of times Oh, it's, it's but well, the reason I told you that story was to tell you the epiphany I had from that. The wisdom I gained from that was that um, God, you know, so when you believe in God, is the perfect parent, but we mess up. And so even if we're good parents or even if we try our hardest, whatever, um, they're still going to mess up. Yeah. And all the mistakes I've made in my life, <laughs> at some point, it's not my parents' fault. Oh, you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah, I did this and that and okay. trouble with this and that. And my parents, I mean, I could tell you some crap they did that were not good parents. But um, it's not their fault, the mistakes I've made, the choices I've made. Right. And it certainly isn't God's fault when we screw up. No, no. So, um, Jacob, I came, because after that, after he got suspended in the sixth grade, I was thinking, okay, what did I do? Mm. I didn't really get to nurse him long enough because, you know, I got pregnant again. <laughs> so that was probably an issue. And. I read to him though, damn it! I read to him every <laughs> night. Uh, what else did I do wrong? And just tried to search but for all every, the ways I messed up. Every kid's so different though. Like you know, that's yeah. another nature versus it nurture thing. It wasn't my fault he got suspended in the sixth grade. Well, like Lulu's never had a tendency to want to talk when you yeah. tell her to. Yeah. M yeah. My daughter. Uh, yes. Like, you know, when she would be two years old, she'll say a word. Over here, and, you know, uh -huh. up to the side, you know, she'll, she'll be like daddy or, or something yeah. like that. And we'll be like, oh, say daddy again. And she'll freeze. No, up. no, she no. won't. Yeah, yeah. And to this day, it, it, it's hard to it get is. her to say something specific. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, or, you know, or even get her to really do something. I mean, when, when, I don't know, it's so complicated. Well, I'm still learning so today. much. I, I, I'm going to tell you, but you have to promise you won't get her in trouble. Okay. Okay, because no, like yeah, right this now is confidence, she's in, you know, just being said. Yeah, she's not internet. here right now, but she lives yeah. here, and um, I have her during the day with the COVID thing. I'm like her teacher during the day, and then she comes back home here at night, and um, and JJ is a good father, and stuff, you know, but he's kind of 
She's scared of him a little bit. Yeah. Scared of the wrath of her father, okay? Which, you know, wait till your daddy gets home. I guess that's normal. Yeah, I mean, Whatever that's kind of what's supposed is. to happen in a way, I guess. Yeah, but um, <laughs> usually after I have the regular school with all four kids, then I'll do a quote-unquote homework with just my two granddaughters, okay? The other two kids are neighbors from down the street. Yeah. So I'll go back to um, my house or my daughter's house and do extra homework with them. Well, the last week or so, I've been doing two things with Cassie, all right? Hmm. Two things for homework. Well, today she's, she's kind of behind because it takes her a long time to do something. So I said, well, I'm going to do three things with you. But she had a meltdown. Oh, She had yeah. an actual meltdown because yeah. I said three and she was, she was thinking it was she's two. Think, yeah. So yeah. anytime you change things up on her, yeah, it freaks her out. It really does. And I don't. Understand it's okay it. that she, but it's okay that she's like that. It's, I mean, if I had said if day one it was five things after school, she would have been cool with it because mm-hmm. it was she knew it would be five. So I had to call summon down the guidance counselor, which is Otis, my son-in-law. Mm-hmm. I said, Otis, you are now the guidance counselor, and so he talked to her because he was the same way. Right. She thought it's not fair that I have to do more work than say Olivia and the other two girls. And I said, Cassie, it's because you work slower. Yeah. When you do something slower, it takes you longer to get it done. Yeah. So it's not fair that they do all this work and you don't have to do as much work because you work slower. Yeah. But she's very methodical, though. What do you mean? Um, methodical means she's very careful and that she makes sure she does it right. Okay, that's and good. And that kind of thing. Yeah, she doesn't yeah. just put anything down to get it over. Well, yeah, no, that's what she used to do. Um. Well, at least, you know, when I saw it, she yeah. would try to do her, you know, math and put down an answer, you know, as fast yeah. as possible, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. but, you know, I, I'm, I'm a bad teacher. I really wow. am. I, I think it takes a certain person to Thank you. And this this virus, the, co- the COVID thing, mm-hmm. is showing everybody the teachers oh, are sure. valuable things. Mm-hmm. But not everybody can do it. Like, you understand third grade math. Oh, absolutely. You make her cry. I, well, I can't because she doesn't get it. And I'm just like, just, why don't you get it? I, I got I it way before you or something. Know. You know, I'm, like I've seen I just don't like, get why she doesn't right, so get it. But that just makes bananas. me a bad teacher. Yeah, because, you know. We have 10 bananas and you eat two of them. How many are left? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, because it is. How many are left? He, but, then she freezes. Like she's always had Eight, since she was like, a child. Five are left? Uh huh. She's a toddler. She freezes up when you ask her. You you see it all the time, and she's always been like that. Yeah, I know. And you You know, and I've noticed too that when I think she's spacing off, she's concentrating very hard to get the answer. Yeah. Because I'll and you just have to wait for. You just have to wait till she processes it, and that takes a long time. Yeah. Now, David, what's your learning style? So. My learning style, I, I, I'm both kind of a reader and a seer, I guess, as far as like I can learn by monkey see, monkey do, and I can learn something by reading a book. But So are you an uh, avid reader? Not like I used to be. I don't know if just at some point, I mean, of course, the internet really took away oh, a lot yeah. of that, of course. Now we have the ability to watch a video, mm-hmm. but I'll still spend it. If I have a book that I haven't read, like I will eventually get to it and I'll mm-hmm. put it away really quick. But I've went from reading a couple of books a week to now I'm maybe reading a couple of books oh. every year. But maybe, you're a strong but. reader, though. You can comprehend what you're reading easily. Oh, yes, of course. Well, there you go. Uh, That's mm-hmm. not true with everybody. Down the teaching style, like mm-hmm. with my kid, you know, like here we are in this COVID place and it's like, okay, well, yeah, keep doing your work 
you know, on the computer. But, you know, for me, it's like I don't I don't want to stress her out about it. I'm like, hey, I've got a lot of we've been playing a lot of games like, you know, and of course, there's a lot of mathematics and games. And yes. so it's, but instead of and I'll tell her like, hey, one day when you get to certain levels of mathematics, you'll always be able to come back to these games and use them as a frame of reference. But, yeah. you know, I'm not going to try to teach you calculus right now you're in seventh grade and first of all like what barely i understand of it i'm going to be a terrible at teaching it okay (laughs) from that context but one day you'll get to calculus and you'll come back to this card game that we're playing and you'll realize oh hey there are there are definitely elements of calculus in this definitely elements of statistics elements of basic arithmetic obviously but definitely so we will play a lot of different you know board games especially ones that are you know have more math you know involved in arithmetic yeah, and, yeah. You know. like even monopoly or absolutely something. yeah, I yeah. Love monopoly um and that's one thing i liked about chemistry was the math part of it was most of the times the kids would say oh i learned this in algebra one you know mm-hmm. how to solve for x and stuff and i said well yes right, right. this is applied algebra one that's why mm-hmm. you have to have algebra one to take chemistry exactly and it, it clicks with them because they get to apply it in something so. I have a question. Like yeah. I didn't, I didn't do good in school. Um, like you know, I, I, I graduated, but that's after I quit school right. and went to adult high yeah. school. Um, I failed all the classes I weren't interested in. Yeah. Um, you were my. I wish I could have homeschooled you, kid. Right, which, oh my god. Which is what I'm kind of getting to. Do you think the school environment that I guess the United States, or at least North Carolina, has set mm-hmm. in place, or at least Polk County High School mm-hmm. has set in place. Do you think that's for everyone? No, absolutely not. Like, you, like, should there be alternatives to just public school or homeschool? Like, should there be more than just that, or, um, like, because like I had I had such a problem because if I wasn't interested, like you know geography, yeah. I wasn't interested. I had a yeah. bad teacher, so it just was not going to work out. Yeah. And, um, like, I don't know, I guess I'm not asking you what do we do about that, but I, I, I guess, you know, not everyone belongs to school, though, I guess is no, the, the main... No, I don't think they really do. Yeah. And I don't think everyone um, is, is college material, frankly, which doesn't make them dumb people or bad people. It just means they need to be in a trade. And learn a trade, something to become financially independent from their parents, you know. But it shouldn't be something more than just credentials. Was forced to go to college when he really should have gone to trade school. Yeah. Right now he's tiling my kitchen. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, and he knows how to do electrical stuff. Yeah. He can do any of that stuff. He's really good at that. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. But um, he was forced to go to college, so he went to a. two-year college called Wingate for a couple of years and then um, he it, it ended after two years at that time now it's a four-year school and then he went to Appalachian and promptly flunked out after one semester mm. and came back home and uh, took a semester off and then he went to another really small school and got a degree in art uh, fine art mm-hmm. and became a teacher for a year and then that um, well, that didn't pan out. That's kind of a long story. Yeah. So he ended up going really into what he, not a trade, but a maintenance guy. Right, right. More and then into property along management. His lines. And he's just so good at fixing things. Yeah. 
it's like he's so smart that way. So he's not dumb. Yeah. I don't know how to do stuff like that. Right, everyone's a genius. But you can't um he he can't really solve for X. It just flips him out. Math is when it started. Mm. In sixth grade math, he never understood long division. Mm. And to this day. But I tell you what, he's using math right now and taught him that that dining room and kitchen thing. Mm. But that's like, you know, me- more mechanical or, you know. It has to make practical sense It has application. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So not everybody's supposed to be going to It has to, to apply to what he knows. Well, you know, that's like. Right. To understand anything, you have to have a point of reference. Yeah. It's something. I would say that most children do well with the structure that the school can provide, whether it be a public school or uh, a charter school, maybe. I, I don't know. I just wish there were just different paths structure. people could take. Like, But like Cassie, I think, or what you call Lulu, mm-hmm. I think she would thrive a lot better being homeschooled. More than likely. Yeah. Um, I just thought I don't have the... But Olivia, the other granddaughter... <laughs> She'd be awful. She she would hate homeschooling for one. She would. Um, yeah. but e- but even uh, Lila, she would, she would miss the social right. part of it too. There's a big social, and that's something like like you, you yeah. remember Sharon, like you know she was homeschooled. And she you can was. kind of tell. Yeah. You know, she was not socially developed. Yeah. Like as much as, um. Her peers. Right. Well, I know when I can't get Cassie one on one, it it um, takes her a real a lot longer. You can get a lot more done one-on-one. But one thing this COVID thing has done with all, all four of the kids that I'm teaching is it's making them more um, independent, actually. Really? In their learning, yeah. You should have seen Olivia today. Man, she's like in the sixth grade. All right, she's one of my granddaughters. And she used to be so disorganized. I mean, she'd lose everything. Mm. Her grades were suffering. She was making bad grades. I think even a few failing grades because, of her because she wouldn't turn stuff in because she'd lose it. Yeah. Well, we got the little week-long packet thing. She was right on and saying, oh, let me organize this. Mm. She wants to be organized now. And then she said, and then she went back to her thing that she was doing. She loves learning now, and she sees that the importance of just being organized. So I think it's, she's going to be different when she goes back to school. Right. I think Cassie will, too. I know Cassie will. And I know the other oh, two I, girls. I think um, Cassie is <laughs> going to be. Sorry, uh, Lilu, yeah. Well, you know, it's it's. She her has name, two, let me she go. Has two names. Her name is Cassandra Lilu, okay? Mm-hmm. And I call her Cassie. Her mom calls her Cassandra, and JJ calls her Lilu. If anybody knows what Lilu comes from, you know, let us know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you all figure that out. Yeah. Um, and Lilu, that was from a character, right? The right. And. Well, yeah, you just ruined it. But yeah, it's from the fifth <laughs> element. She was the perfect being. Do you know mm-hmm. that I used the word quintessential the other day and Cassie knew exactly what it meant? Really? Yes, yeah, my name. My name. My name because I'm quintessential. It's like, whoa. <laughs> uh, quintessential means awesome. perfect? <laughs> it means perfect? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I learned something. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Well, you know, isn't it called the fifth element? Yeah. Yeah, um, okay. Quint yeah. means fifth. Really? Yeah. Quint, like a quintuplet. No. Oh. Yeah, quint is, I think, Latin, either Latin or Greek for fifth. Right, right. So quintessential literally means like fifth. That's where the whole name of the thing comes from. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love words, don't you, David? It just seems when you start breaking them down and where they yeah. come from. It's a I good have to know, neat. man. Why is there a word five in something that means perfect? <laughs> exactly. That is interesting. Really interesting. When you start really getting into that, it makes wor- it opens yeah. up words in a way that you know you maybe didn't I catch know. the first time going through school. You know? Yeah, yeah. So it gets really interesting. 
No, my parents made a mistake, but one thing my mom did when we were little was um, we got the Syracuse Herald Journal and then the comic book page, not the comic book, the comics page, there was a little rectangular thing that was the word of the day, okay? And then there were, and it said what the word of the day meant, how to pronounce it, then some little cartoon thing to show what it meant. Oh. So she would cut that out every day and put it on the medicine cabinet mirror. And every time we used that word that day, and in a proper way, and pronouncing it right, she wouldn't tell us anything. She would just put it on there for us to see. Every time we uh, used it correctly in a sentence, pronouncing it right, she would give us a nickel, mm. which actually you could buy sort of a candy bar back then with a nickel. Oh, snap. Oh, wow. And we lived like a block away from the corner pharmacy in Baldwinsville. Like money meant something. Yeah. Well, you a candy bar, you know. <laughs> yeah, sure. So that's really, she was a really good mom, you know, for that, you know. That's your mom? Yeah. Yeah. And her dictionary. Now, there's some people that are really religious that their Bibles look like really tattered and frayed from being used so much. That was her dictionary. That was my mom's dictionary. Wasn't it that pink one or whatever? The no, that one my sister gave me. Okay. Um, before you were born. When that one was so huge. I and know. It was, it was so used. You, you know, you used yeah, it all the time. I, 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 I used it just to look, you know, just know. look at words. And know. I have a dictionary app, which works just as yeah well. i mean you know convenience will definitely beat a big book over anything yeah you know google is amazing it really but is. also it, it, you know it also defers you know deters us from using our memory yeah. we don't need to anymore <laughs> it's so funny <laughs> if you give a dictionary to a kid and say okay look up the word um population it's like what oh is this an ABC order? I mean, how do I find this word? It's like, oh, I guess B comes after A. And what? <laughs> I could have asked okay, what's that song? Taking five a, seconds. B, yes. <laughs> they don't know where to look. Right. Uh, I, just, I, don't know, I wish school was like uh, Japan in a way. Like, I, I would have done better if, you know, I would have just taken a test and like, oh, you don't belong in third grade. You can go up to fifth grade now or something. Oh, well, no, there's something against that, though, because my sister skipped the fourth grade. She was the smart one in the family. Hmm. Um, you know, the one that's a spy or what's his name? <laughs> oh, so um, she is a spy. No, no, no. I didn't say <laughs> I was using air quotes. You just couldn't see me. Um, but anyway, she skipped the fourth grade. So she went, and she was born in October. So she went to college when she was 16. Oh, my. And she promptly flunked out. Really? Because, yeah. Was it a more of a social element, you think, that... that? Uh, well, just immaturity. I mean, okay. 16, and it was an Ivy League school. Have you ever heard of those? Yeah, of course. Okay. Well, it was a woman's Ivy League school called Mount Holyoke College. Hmm. And she Sounds very and ended up going to Syracuse <laughs> University and getting her degree in, remember what it was? Spying. No! <laughs> geography. <laughs> yeah, God love Well, it. spies need to know geography, Mom. Here's a story. Just, now listen, my sister is nine years older than me. Crazy. She's nine years my senior. And that's and insane. Remember. She's the oldest, right? And you're the youngest? She is, yeah. They have to be. It's nine years. That's right. Of course, 13 years 13. between Jacob and Rebecca. Yeah. Good Lord. Those are my youngest and oldest kids, by the way. But anyway, I remember Thanksgiving of 1965. I was, um, I just turned eight years old, and there we were at Thanksgiving. And my sister Becky had to ruin it because she announced at the end of dinner that she saved up her money 
and was going to Africa. Really? Yep, on she safari. And nothing you can do about she was it, like Mom 15 and Dad. Or something? I'm going this spring. I am going to Africa, to Kenya. My Is, mom how old was she? flipped. My dad was happy because my dad was an international professor, international business professor. But my mom flipped, and she did. She went to Africa. I thought it was the coolest thing. For how long? She loves Africa. I don't know. Yeah, she, three, I remember she lived there like two or three months as an or something. Adult. Too. Oh, she lived in the Congo. She's mm-hmm. lived in. Uh, she's. Like lived or just Ivory like Coast. no she's done stints in it you know when yeah, she yeah. did the State Department yeah the the State Department yeah <laughs> anyway thought that was pretty cool I'm going to Africa yeah how old was she she's like eighteen jeez I know pretty cool right yeah saved up I'm gonna, I'm gonna interview her one day huh I'm gonna interview her one day. Oh, that'd be, be to great. Ad- here to admit a lot of things he's not supposed to admit to. Oh. <laughs> just say you're really a spy. Even if you're not a spy, just say you're a spy. Just say you're a spy. <laughs> okay. No one's going to hear this. Uh, well, now she's retired. She does a lot of quilting and a lot of things on Ancestry.com. Hmm. Typical. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, you do that too. I, you, know, and you really seem to enjoy that in your retirement. I really do, because I have so many different branches. I have your dad, which um, you're linked to that now, because, you know, I'm learning more about um, the Boones. Yeah, JJ's girlfriend um, is from the Boones. Yeah, which, they, yes, they, that means Daniel Boone. Were they related to Daniel Boone? Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah I heard he was an, inter- an interesting story. And Boones tend to be very prolific. You know, you look at the Boone, look at their kids, and there's like, oh, there's a dozen kids. Mm-hmm. And then the next boom. Oh, there's a dozen more kids. <laughs> <laughs> no. So I do like that. But then I also have in my second husband's family, my third husband's family, and then other things. So. You should look up the Lees. That should be easy. Yeah. Not many of them. Is that your last name? Yeah. Last name David Lee. Lee. Yeah. Aww. Everyone try to look them up uh, on the internet. David Robert Lee. I think yeah. yeah. How, how many of those Robert are there? <laughs> are you are your family from the South? Uh, dad's from north. Mom's from south. Uh, oh, so you're a mixed child as well. A little bit, yeah. Nope. yeah. We're all just mutts, I guess, yeah. at this point. I had no idea when I moved to the south that people were still, like the Civil War was still a thing. Yeah, right. And, um, and I see it now because, again, you know, my husband's enlightened me over time. Right. And he was, really he was, like he was born and raised here in Sunnyview. Yeah. Or you're talking about your current? Um, any of them. Right, right. Yeah, any of them. I mean, that. a lot of the ancestors, yours, yours, and I don't know about yours, but they were definitely in the Civil War. That was a, anyway. Wait, was my family, what, what was my family on? Your, yeah, your ancestors were fought in the Civil War. Well, what side? Uh, both actually from from me <laughs> from the north from your father's side from the south oh and now we're all big one well country. i didn't i didn't do it you guys you know i don't i don't even but agree. there are cultural differences <laughs> that are never going to be erased and that i think should remain the way they are and one of them is um well for example i didn't know what okra was growing up I didn't really know fried okra i thought it was a fly i thought it was a flower or something okra mm-hmm. i have no idea Maybe top of rock or something, mm-hmm. and now it's this wonderful vegetable we grow every year. Yeah, and I know how to fry. Oh, when you're talking about food, food can be very cultural. I mean, yeah, very yeah. cultural. 
and the why it's cultural is because it grows some food just grows better in oh, certain yeah. places it's why sure. we used to have to send oranges in the mail to people for christmas that's you true know, because yeah we didn't true. we didn't really ship things the way that we do now yeah yeah, yeah. these mics are good right? <laughs> Yeah, food culture, that's a fun one for me. But No, yeah, like, you know, you, you go, you know, 50 miles, 100 miles, you can, you, you can encounter just a whole new set of food and culture and the way people do things. Absolutely. Right, but at the same here time, in America, we, all, can, we all eat, you yeah. know? It's, like, it's how far away are we from Louisiana? Like we're not that far away. Take no, a few not hours in the to grand scheme of how big the world is, we're not. Yeah, far we're from not far from Louisiana. You go to Louisiana, a whole different set of how right. people. Oh, cook let's talk how barbecue. Okay. Oh my goodness, uh, North Carolina there's... versus California barbecue. Oh, oh no, my no. goodness. Oh, we have barbecues. Western barbecue. Carolina versus Eastern you know, Carolina. That was that was the biggest <laughs> split in the state. They actually had to make a law about barbecue sauces. Really? Because of the divide between North and <laughs> really like, East and Western barbecue. <laughs> Wow. Was, I can't remember exactly what that law was, but there was a law that was state made state law because of the fight between barbecue <coughs> sauces. Oh, my gosh. Whose vinegar-based barbecue sauce was going to be the yeah. the barbecue sauce of North Carolina. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but sure. There's, I mean, North Carolina has, what, food festivals for things like uh, liver mush. I mean, a lot of people don't even know what I know. liver mush probably is. Did you is, know but... in uh, Shelby, there's an annual liver mush festival? Yeah, that's what I was kind of talking yeah. about just now. It's, it's crazy. Babe, you know? We gotta go. <laughs> but, I don't, but... You, you know, know, ask somebody in New like York it? if they've been to a liver... I can eat it like once a year and it's uh -huh. okay, but yeah, it gives me mm. heartburn and I just... Oh. I couldn't imagine eating that I'll take. I'll take... Uh, I'm not saying your name, am I? I'll take my girlfriend... To uh, work in the morning, but half the time she'll stop by Dubs and get a liver mush biscuit. It's her favorite thing in the really? morning. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like it. She's like, you want one? I'm like, Have you ever had liver mush? Is it fried liver mush? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, no. I tried it. Oh, you tricked me. Okay, yeah, I remember. Yeah, of course. It was, I have, I'm a, such a picky eater. Right. Well, I mean, if you start to really He's explain what's horrible. in liver mush, people. Mom, go into a horrible. couple minutes on me going on. <laughs> the pee. Okay, the pee, okay? yeah. The pee. It's the worst kind of He refused to eat a pee. He was about seven years old. His older sister and myself said, JJ, you're going to eat one pee. And so we made him eat a pee, and he promptly threw up. I was so repulsed by the time. It was just like, no. It was just like, you and know, then, it kept. It building is, up and building, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. A pee. It's been, a pee. And I, 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 I just remember, trauma. you know, <laughs> hours and hours of my childhood life sitting in front of my plate, you know, the yeah. rest of the stuff eaten, but that one yeah. thing. Well, apparently you did you have know, some trauma throughout your life. It just had to do with food. <laughs> now you are repulsed by certain foods. <laughs> yeah, that's my trauma right there, yeah. yeah. And I, and the I smell of really onions. I just to force uh, him to eat it, you know, stuff on his plate. Until I had yeah. an epiphany. Was that nature or nurture? And the epiphany was that he was nurture. actually my healthiest one. He got sick the least. Mm -hmm. So, I guess. That yeah. turned out the biggest, too. In a way, his body yeah, knew what it needed. We'll just kind see of about that. Because mm -hmm. he still does not eat vegetables he unless needs, his girlfriend sneaks it vegetables. in his food or something. Yeah. Mm. No, I, I'm ca I'll catch that in a heartbeat. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just... I need I need to eat, I do need to eat more vegetables or at least take a multivitamin. 
And see, that's my fault because I didn't make any vegetables growing up. Now, when, when Kyrie was really little, my daughter, um, she'd be about two, three years yeah. old. She would get to that stage but like, where she would just randomly you know, want to eat something. But uh-huh. doesn't taste like I would turn onions. that into a game, too. Really. Like, well, Simon said, yeah. eat your peas. You know? And then now she's eating her peas. Oh. Yeah, and uh, Simon says, <laughs> eat a bite of corn. Did you make that up? Of, well, no, no, I didn't invent Simon Says. That's a really no, old game. No, but did you make up the using it to make her eat food thing? Right. I was, well, I was just trying to think of, like, how can I turn this into a fun yeah. game and it's no longer about this competition yeah. of whether or not my ego is going to let me you know take a bite of this you know because i'm two and i want to test you know limits of thing now we're just playing oh, a game together like, you would have been a great dad for jj man <laughs> you would have eaten that yeah, i still try to get jj awesome. these vegetables i'm not nearly jj's dad try the simon says thing yeah try a bite of peas jj oh okay <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, I, I don't know. That's how gamers do, though. We try to create games to solve right. things. Well, now, now she's at the teenage moment, and it's not as good as just Simon Says. Now she wants to, you know, like now, like the other day, we were eating these, uh, um, like, chicken salad egg rolls that had jalapeno in them, but there was, like, mango chutney also with it. And she's she doesn't like hot things she's just like no i don't i don't like jalapenos i don't want to try jalapenos i was like well listen actually one of the cool things about food is like some ingredients are actually better and not so bad when you combine them with other ingredients there's just it can you know creates a whole nother flavor profile so it's like she has so she's like okay well she dips in this mango chutney and there's like that mixture of the sweet and the spicy and the savory she's just like she like grabs another one devours it i'm like see see it's not it's not so terrible. Yeah, I can't. I don't like just taking a bite of a jalapeno. No. Okay. Like, no. I don't eat them like they're candy. But mm-hmm. if you, you know, combine them with other things, right? It, it's yeah. it's an amazing thing. Yeah. So, I'm like that with a few foods. You know. You're quite like the chef, eat. from what I hear, too. Yeah, I'm okay. I guess I I, I do think like one. I don't. Uh huh. I definitely got burnt out, and now I like to just be a short order cook at places like the Waffle House. Yeah. But there's not too many people who can single-handedly make a Easter dinner. Like I've seen you do. Well, yeah, sure. fairly effortlessly right away. Yeah, it is fun when I when I, I do like to you know cook. I do like you know you put me in a restaurant and I get much more like uh, oh, serious about it. I guess, that, you know, but at a, home, like when I do get serious about it, yeah, I love making things from scratch. You know, just for fun. But I'm about convenience at home too. I'm not trying to work that hard. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. But like just adding, you know. Uh, Cheez-Its or goldfish to the crust of your mac and cheese. It's just <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Just something, you know, it's yeah. laying around. That's, you know, yeah, it is a, mm-hmm. it's, you know. it's great. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, my, JJ is a single dad. I mean, he's got help now, but when Cassie was really young, he was a single dad. And I said, well, JJ, you know, you've got you to gotta cook, right? Because you've got a kid. And he says, oh, Mom, I can cook. And I said, really, what can you cook? Bacon. Mm-hmm. Bacon. <laughs> Not everybody can cook bacon. <laughs> bacon. Bacon's great. But luckily now he's got a really good cook that cooks for him. Well, like Lilu also likes my ramen really uh, a lot. Like, ramen noodles. I yes. make good ramen. You've had my ramen, my gourmet <laughs> ramen. I've, I've let a lot of people Gour- make ramen. Gourmet for me. ramen. Yeah. Ra- ramen is one of those interesting <laughs> things to me. Like you usually hear no, people's okay. stories you know, in jail making yeah. ramen different ways. So like when people. Say that they make good ramen. Like I'll, I'll let them make it for me, just because like I like to see the little tiny differences people do with food. Okay, you know? I gotta ask JJ, <laughs> how do you? What's your secret to making good ramen noodles? Love. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, cheese, 
Uh, sliced cheese, uh, um, specifically the kind that melts easy. Velveeta. Yeah, Velveeta is pr- uh, preferable, but expensive. <laughs> if you're going cheaper, uh, Kraft uh-huh. is okay. Um, oh, and of course, uh, I'm gonna, this uh, episode is brought to you by Emerald's Original Essence. It is delicious. <laughs> Find it in your local spice rack if you can. What's it smell like? What's mm. in it? Do you remember Dr. Bronner's? Yeah. Um, it smells. Uh, it reminds me of Dr. Bronner's. Oh wow. It's just an essence? all-purpose spice. You can put it in popcorn. Yeah. You can oh. put. It. Does that remind you of Dr. Bronner's? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's see what's in it. And mom, you, you know what? You can't find Dr. Bronner's. It's 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 done. I tried. I yeah. know. I love Dr. Bronner's. It was so good. Like, oh All my right. God. For the viewing audience or hearing audience, these are the ingredients mm-hmm. in uh, order from least from most to least. Salt is the main ingredient. Mm, of course. Then paprika or paprika. Um, spices. Well, that's a bit vague. <laughs> we like to be very general with our labels. Dried garlic. Yeah. Uh, dried onion. Black pepper. <gasps> silicon dioxide. Now that is, for those of you who don't know, that's sand. Little tiny pieces of sand, and it keeps it dry. Wait, what? Silicon dioxide. That's a preservative or whatever? Well, yeah, it keeps it. Yeah, so it increases the shelf. Life. I'm that's eating a really it. Good way of putting it. And another Shit. vague natural <laughs> flavor, which doesn't mean natural. It means it, it there's means some kind of ester that smells like something or that is natural. Yeah. But I tell you what, it smells good. It smells pretty good. Oh yeah, like um, and I put that stuff on popcorn, but I also put yeah. my ramen and stuff. I can see it. I mean, what pork chop? Yeah, that would oh, be great on man. pork chops. I'll have to get some of this. Yes, yeah, you know it's good and uh, multi-purposeful. You want to look at it and smell? <laughs> But um, put that, some cheese, and um, you try to use milk if you can. Really? Ramen. Yeah, makes it thicker. Um, and that, and one of the most important parts is the correct broth ratio to noodle. What? Yeah. <laughs> you math to make ramen noodles? Yeah, I mean, you know, math is everywhere, of course. Exactly. And cooking, there's a lot of math involved, or at least ratios, you know. Yeah, more so true. when you start getting yeah. into baking. Baking, you have to be oh, really, really precise with mm-hmm. measurements. That's you can true. be you can be a little bit unprecise with a lot yeah. of things. But well, you just need the water to get hot, and um, but it's, it's better to cook it on the stove noodles. so you can get yeah. that good ratio oh, of broth. Because you I get see. that cheesy, and I, I use chicken flavor, so you get the cheesy uh-huh. chicken, um, emeralds yeah. like flavor and. Um, if you want to make spicy, you I'll put some uh, Valentina sauce, which like. I love Valentina sauce. And does Cassie like them? Or oh, Lulu? Yeah, she's, I mean, that's like one of her favorite meals. Cool. Yeah, which isn't oh. perf- good, but, you know. Right. In a pinch, it's a, it's a meal. Yeah. Right. And if you eat, I, I can add some well, meat, too. If I, have a, if I have little pieces of, of so. meat, I'll put that in there, too. Like little pieces oh, of yeah, chicken or chicken. like um, slice up some hot dogs uh-huh. and put it in there. There, there is something cool about the way cheese like kind of helps like cream and water sort of emulsify a little mm-hmm. bit. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I've seen a lot of chefs do that, with, like making like cream of potato soup or something. Like they'll put like gouda in there, and it's because they'll have like a bunch of different like they'll have everything from stock to cream to water, and just that adding that little bit of cheese will kind of help you know bring it together a little bit. It's, cool. it's interesting the way. You know, yeah, it's like food science. It's a lot more experimental and you know a little less measured, but it's yeah. You know, 
more definitely trial and error. Yeah, it's a trial. Yeah, trial and error <laughs> for is, sure. is yeah. about it. Right. Like you know, every bowl of ramen I make is different. Right. Like, you know, I'm I'm either trying something different or trying to replicate what I've done. It's like before. if I'm making something like sausage gravy, I'm not necessarily like actually weighing out my fat to flour ratios, even though I'd like to them to be very close to even. I'm not necessarily being super measured about I'm not draining my sausage into a measuring cup even though I had done this before you know like and seeing exactly how much fat there is to go and making sure I have the exact amount of flour you know like it just kind of roughly getting to the to the same spot and it right. produces yeah. pretty much the same results I know I smell too like people will say like, leave things in the oven for so long but once it gets, reaches that certain smell you kind of know when it's ready I mean you go by smell you have to Especially, I don't know, I've noticed cooking in a restaurant especially, like, you do have to rely on every single sense. Like, you're listening for some things. It's like, I've got bacon under a weight, under a grill. Like, well, how do I know to flip it? Well, the bacon stops sizzling, right, stops talking yeah. to you. And you're like, oh, that bacon's ready to flip, or it's probably just completely ready. You know, like, mm -hmm. some things you're using your nose. Like, oh, this steam table ran out of water. I can smell it. Yeah. This oh, coffee yeah, pot's yeah. burning. I can smell it. You know, like, do you just, all your senses are kind of on alert while working in a kitchen and they have to be because you can't just in your mind time everything like you have an idea of you know how quickly something is being prepared and coordinates to other things but yeah you're relying on your all your senses while yeah. you're while food you're in a restaurant yeah. especially especially there's a big difference between cooking in a restaurant and cooking at home for yeah. sure like, well, at restaurants atmosphere it's all about yeah, there's there's so much atmosphere and so much chaos and you know you don't know what the order is going to be a lot of the time as a short or cook like there's so many even on the smallest menu the options are endless you know right. like you know you can calculate them but it's you know it's a lot you know yeah. it seems infinite you know and oh sure oh I mean, yeah it's, it's you know thousands of right. things um, which I uh, accidentally um, I accidentally plugged in Emerald's Essence, and I should. I was supposed to plug in your cookie business that you're doing, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, something real that somebody can actually go out and, you know, get from you. I mean, like, you know, you're on, yeah, you're on here. Crazy. Might as well never, plug in your product. I never really baked cookies till I retired, and then I started playing bridge, and I noticed that um, they have refreshments. And I thought, well, I'll get a batch of cookies or something. And oh, I have lots of cookies, and they're homemade. So then the next day I'd bring back, I'd bring another batch of some of their different kinds. And so I really got into it. And um, I think it's the former chemistry teacher in me, really. It's like my little laboratory. Mm -hmm. And uh, my chemicals, quote unquote, are the different spices yeah, um, that, that you can put in some of the cookies and definitely the different extracts and uh, the morsels. <clears throat> and like if I make chocolate chip cookies, I'll make the dough and then I'll divide it and I'll put chocolate chips in some of it and um, Keith stuff and Andy's mint stuff and peanut butter chips. So I never make just one kind of cookie. And what, would you, just enjoy what do you call it? it? I'm what a cookieologist. You're a cookieologist? Yeah, and I That's actually have a business. People, mainly bridge people, buy my cookies. Don't you get into like the bridge tournaments basically for free or something? Oh yeah, cookies? I get to play bridge for free sometimes. Which is expensive mm -hmm. to play bridge apparently. Well, it's seven dollars a session. You mm. usually get about twenty to twenty-four boards, which means like hands. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Now with the COVID thing, there is no more bridge. You have to oh go online. Uh, there's a 
website called Bridge Base Online that a lot of them go there and play. But I just, I'm really too busy doing the homeschool thing with these kids right now, so I just really don't. But I'll pick it back up again. Well, you, you're Playing not going to bridge, bridge satisfies anymore. satisfies that part of my brain, like the mathy part. Well, you're a gamer, too. Yeah. I mean, you've always liked pinball. And, and this is the quintessential, speaking of that word, the quintessential card game. You just can't, you, it's just amazing to me. Like, you never get perfect at it. And I remember the first time I played, um, the guy took me aside, my partner took me aside and just said, yeah, all you got to do is count to 13 four times. It's a lot more complicated than that. <laughs> and the bidding is like different languages with different dialects with the different conventions. Mm. If if you're a gamer, if you like if you like playing spades or pinochle, you would love playing bridge. But you gotta be patient and you can't have a big ego and say, Oh, this is easy and then I've mastered it. No, you never no, there's all never these variables constantly it. changing and on all card games really. Like, yeah. Yeah. Me, me, me and Dave play poker a lot, or you know, when we can. Poker, Magic the Gathering, or, Hearthstone. Yeah. We've played all sorts of. Uh, what is that? Uh, uh, the one we play. Card games. Ascension. Ascension. Uh, yeah, we're playing Ascension. Played Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon. I mean, you know, <laughs> just playing Summer's War right now. We're always playing game. I mean, you, you introduced me to games by oh, buying yeah. that Nintendo for Christmas for Jacob. When you were a year old. Mm-hmm. And you were about yeah, you were a year and. Three months shy of being two. Yeah, and in about and one or two years, it was mine, basically. Well, Jacob didn't have much interest in it. No. And then I learned, oh, my gosh, there's a pinball one? Because mm-hmm. I loved to play pinball when I was in college. That was my first school. game. So I played pinball, and that was your first game. Yeah, just pressing two buttons to make mm-hmm. the things do. Yeah. And, and then uh, you played Mario. I, oops, sorry. No, you're good. Mario, I guess everybody calls it. I call it Mario, and I don't mind calling it Mario. And you know what? It's your right to it. do so. You know? <laughs> anyway, um, by three years old, you were beating Mario. Yeah. And I, Mario I don't know life without video games, and I'm sure that's changed so, my... And I really encouraged you, which probably so wasn't good, but I encouraged you because no, I, I was I, still I, amazed. I, I loved watching you play. Well, yeah, I was, you know, it was my first real skill, first thing I spent mm-hmm. tens of thousands of hours on. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, but it's just, ah. But I, I mastered it, though, and, I, yeah. you know, like I've yeah. done studies where if once you master something, like really master something, mm-hmm. then you can master other things much quicker. Well, you mastered reading, I think, as a result. Yeah, and math. Like yeah, and math. Yeah. Like, like how many times? By the time I was three yeah. years old, how many times did I get and gather a hundred coins in Mario and watch oh, it go up? You know, yeah. one by one. You know how? You know how? You always were really good in math. Because I've been playing video games my yeah, whole life yeah. and looking at numbers and how they react to each other. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I mean, like you know, video games can be you know just as much of a teaching tool as anything else. Yeah. If, like done game the right theory way is like the science so of decision making. That was a, a nature, and that was a nurture, not a nature thing. Mm, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't think I would have, if I had never had video math. games, I probably would not have been good at math or reading. I would have had no drive to really, but I remember when I was playing on Dragon Quest Seven. Mm-hmm. It was my first game where it was just um, an RPG game where you're traveling through and people are telling you to do things. I didn't know how to read that good. I was like four or five. And I, I kept having to bring you in. Be like, what is this person saying? I know yeah, they're important. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and I'll just be like, what are they saying? And eventually, yeah. you're just like, so annoying. You're just like, you yeah. learn to read on your own. <laughs> so, I don't know. I guess, yeah. I, I, guess I did. Yep. Yeah, it, that, that didn't last long. 
and you know and I, I was eventually understanding well enough by like yeah. five or six to yeah. you know get through the whole game but not everybody likes playing games like no. they, they just don't have I've that tried to get my daughter into interest. it like you know yeah. like even when she, when she was younger and mm. now like now she'll play Minecraft she loves playing she Minecraft likes but, watching but people play that's Minecraft. not really um, it's not really teaching her like you know video games no, taught me growing up. But it's a different um, but satisfaction you get. Yeah, from and, the worlds and stuff. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't mind it at all. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure it te- and, and teachers are other things as well. I mean, in the very in the very least, you know how yeah. to just use a computer or an Xbox. Yeah. Right? Well, one thing I'm glad is that you're not trying to push the game. That you realize that not everybody's the same, and you're not like, no, I like video games. So you have to like them too. To play video, you know. No, I mean, it worked for me. Or but just anybody. You know. Like, no, I'm good at sports. you got to be good at sports, like, too. Yeah, no. Because if the kid's not innately yeah. good at something, but see, we're, it's we're, be where Lulu takes me off, which she's nine, so, yeah. you know, she's a lot of growing up to do. Yeah. But, you know, she's good at sports. You know, she has the... She's gonna she's gonna have the body for sports. Um, yeah, she is. She can throw she, like a boy. Oh, she can throw yeah. hard. Now, does your daughter David? Does your daughter like sports? Uh, she likes basketball currently. Okay. Um, and she's obviously a little discouraged that we can't like go to a basketball yeah. court and really play right now. But you know, and she didn't like games. You know, like video games at all. Really, when she was little, she's coming around to them a little bit, but not. She likes the board games that we play and the. You know that a little bit, but a lot of that's probably just spending time with dad too. Yeah. But you know, yeah. but yeah, yeah, I do. I do think that games help a lot for you know children that are interested in them. Like it does help them in their learning processes. Like sure. Or it, it, at very least, just to be a frame of reference one yeah. day. Like yeah. and it's like you know running hundreds of different simulations. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I've done hundreds of simulations or you know puzzles. You, you, you could say like you know Mario's a puzzle. Yeah, how do you how do you beat Mario? You know yeah. how do you get past everything? Yeah. I think by like Lingo there's no one or... answer, but there's also you know, um, not too many. Right. By definition, like a puzzle is like a one player experience, right? And then yeah. it turns into a game when you add multiple players to the scenario. I didn't think well, about that. That's exactly right. Like so, well, life is like a game because there's multiple players yeah. playing. I went to video game school, like game theory, which is like you know, what is a game? I, mean, I had a whole class on game. I theory. love game theory. And like, but game theory. Yeah. The, 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 well, this, what this is the idea? Game, game what theory makes it is a game? like, uh, you know, uh, theory of decision making, you know, and how it affects, you know, how it, it affects things. Deep. So it mm-hmm. can be really deep yeah. if you look at it that way. But. Yeah. Wow. Well, like, what well, makes a game a game? I mean, you know. Is it do people have to have fun? I remember or, the other day my daughter was like, you playing. Know, is you. fun the key element in a game? And then like you know what what is fun? Oh, well, that's you know um, broad question. You know, and, and, and she, you know, I, I was a little kid. I just throw this ball in the air or something, or play. You know, just hit something. You know, just one of the fun. one of the most fascinating things, like as far as like like the other day, my daughter was playing you at Ascension, this yeah. like hard board game slash board game that I have, and she got really competitive. And she's I've never really seen her get competitive, but she really wanted to beat JJ. Mm-hmm. Like she really did. She's like, we've been, me and my dad have been playing for a while. I think I could take on like somebody, two weeks, you know? like maybe a couple <laughs> weeks, you know. But she'd really been into it, and 
you know, she goes to play him and she starts, she just starts getting upset, like at little things that are kind of out of her control that Jay, just because of the decisions JJ's making. And it's actually because she's getting upset, it's actually forcing her to make worse decisions. And at some point, my 13 year old's like, oh my God, karma's a bitch, you know? And, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, well, what's interesting about that is like game theory is the, you know, the science of decision making and karma is your, you know, is, you know, your what outcome is in a your way. you know uh, is the outcome of a decision yeah, because like how many outcome of you know your your action so yeah in a way you're kind of proving that now by you know your making mistakes in play because decisions. you're upset about yeah you know, how like he's doing so oh. i thought that was very interesting and <laughs> me as a gamer i've had to over time like i remember the first person who taught me this it was jamel black um like, I was friends with Molar, and I was beating him and all, like, uh, his people in Tekken. Like, nobody can beat me in Tekken. And they are like, you gotta play Jamel. I'm like, alright, whatever. And I went and played Jamel, and he was like, you gotta put money on it. And he, oh. and then, like, um, but also, this guy had a mouth on him. That classic trash talker. Oh. Like, he was great. He was, it was a science to him. Uh-huh. And, like, every time he hit me, he wouldn't let me just, you know, mm-hmm. you know, just take it and whatever. You would verbally know that he uh-huh. hit me. And he, he, he was so good you. at it. Huh? He messed with Oh, you. yeah. Psychologically. He was yeah. great at it. Yeah. Um, so he beat you? Oh, he wiped the floor with me. Whoa. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I lost, like, you know, like, I don't know, $40, oh. And I was, like, you know, a 15, 16-year-old kid. Oh. And, um, but, like, you know, I, I went home and I just, like, focused on that. One, I played his character a whole lot. But then I was just, like, tried to be, like, I have to block out his voice, too. I can't yeah. just beat his character. Right. I have to beat him. Yeah. And, you know, and... I can't trash. I couldn't trash talk. I still can't trash talk. Yeah. It's not that's the way I, you know, I, I can't do it. And you know, I feel yeah. silly. It's not me. Yeah. And, um, but it can be effective. Right? It can be very effective. <laughs> like, you know, it can put you in poker. It's called what going on. Yeah. I just rather be someone silently and confidently. Yeah. But like, yeah, I went back to him and he was trash talking, but you know, I just learned to block him out. And I think that really helped me a lot in some aspects of life. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yay! I, well, yeah, I you know I improved my game and improved my mental game. I had yeah. to improve my mental game to beat him. Wow. Otherwise, I would never. I would probably never been able to beat him. Cause um, just because of the way he made you feel with the trash talk. Well, yeah, because like you know, it it to play a fighting game or you know any game where it's like fast reaction, it's just if there's any break in your concentration, yes. right. You're done. It's Almost the same like with bridge. Thing, it is the right? same. Sure. It sounds yeah. a lot like bridge. Yeah, and any breaking your concentration, yeah. and that can be the end for yep. you. Yeah, you know, and he he would do it. He would just break yeah. it, and you know, and it was still was it wasn't easy after that, mm-hmm. um, and um, it still took me a while to completely master tech, and I suppose, mm-hmm. but you know, uh, mentally and I guess thumbs are physical, so yeah. physically, yeah. Um, but no, I don't know. Yeah. What's it called? Oh. Um. Evolution in school. I just wanted to know, like, did uh, you taught earth science and all that? Like, 
or did they require you to teach evolution or they tell you not to teach evolution well it's in when uh, you're doing the curriculum teaching? geologic time is in the curriculum which you know like like the uh, jurassic age and stuff like that and right but you um and the just the history of the earth so that was in there and and evolution's in the biology curriculum Okay, but you weren't doing but biology it's, uh, that they much. Just change over time is what the essence is that we're, you know, teaching. And yeah. that's evolution. No one can deny things haven't just changed over time. I mean, well, that's what if evolution you go into is. a really old house, yeah. um, the, golly gee, the, the doorways aren't as tall because oh, people used smaller. to be shorter. Absolutely. Even on, because I guess because they didn't have as good a nutrition as we do now. And well, with better nutrition stuff. becomes, you know, comes yeah, better, you exactly. know, bodies and the better offspring in the future. Yeah, so there you go. That's change over time. Yeah. And um, uh, it's just impossible to deny that. But I don't think it's it's stressed about. Did North Carolina go through that really, though? Um, you know, other animals or anything. It's just like change over time. When all that was going through, like, you know, people were trying to take evolution out of the schools. Was that a North Carolina thing? No, it was, it, it wasn't just a North Carolina. No, I'm saying was. Now I know, was, I know of a biology teacher, he's retired now, that taught um, evolution because he had to, but then he also taught creationism, which is. Because he wanted to? Yeah, because he's, yeah, Southern Baptist. Oh. Not that all Southern Baptists are like that, but yeah, he definitely wanted to. He felt like so he taught that in school, creationism. He did. What do you think about that? Um, I think it's I think it's okay. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I just close my door and teach. Well, yeah. You know, he's not saying you have to believe one or the other, but he did give them a choice at least. Right. What right. they want to believe. What do you think about creationism, in general? I'm not really sure what it is. Again, I think religion and Science are two sides of the same coin. Um, but should they be? I told you that. But I should think science be, you know, science is influenced by religion? Laws, to me, it's not. You know, it's like, what do you think about a rainy day versus a sunny day? Well, that's just whether it's all still the sky or something. I don't know. That's a weird question to me. Yeah. Well, it's just that, um, like I've looked at creationism, and it's just they're trying to come to a conclusion that they've predetermined. They're not. You know, um, like trying to prove that the Earth is ten thousand years old. Oh, from you know, well, going at a stance of trying yeah. to, you know, okay. prove the Bible right, which is essentially what creationism is trying to prove is oh, that the Bible yeah, is yeah. A scientifically well, correct. Yeah. And that's where it gets tricky because now you're, you know, you, you have a conclusion before you start, well, you know, doing your science. Scientists, mm -hmm. whether they be atheist or Christian or Muslim or whatever. Um, scientists go by evidence and all scientists are quick to tell you that mankind doesn't know more than we know okay does, does that make sense we still have more to discover that we haven't discovered yet right little ones yeah we're just tip of the iceberg in just really every no. facet of yeah. science and so what little we do know it's very frustrating when people try to take that away. What little we have proven through yeah. radioactive dating, there's right. rocks that that we, and you just have to. Who's that? Oh, okay. Yeah, bad. Just uh, my sister. There's all kinds of evidence. 
to, you know, to show that the earth is much longer, much older than just 10,000 yeah, years. Stuff like that But that doesn't mean me. because you believe the earth is uh, billions of years old, I think four and a half billion, they say. Yeah. Because you believe that, I don't think it means you don't believe in God. No, it's a, it's a two totally different things. The Bible. Because the Bible doesn't give a date. People just gave it yeah. a date. Yeah. Off, you know, and, and time itself is totally a man-made mm -hmm. earthly thing. Like we were discussing, I think, on a, a previous uh, podcast about, you know, um, the first day, you know, God said, let yeah, there be yeah. light. Well, yeah. there's the Big Bang. Yeah. Expre you know, expressed in a day, yeah, but, yeah. you know, that's like this, the first yeah. step of the universe was, yeah. boom, light, energy. Well, and it's Christ a spoke metaphor. Christ parables a lot. And yeah. These, you know, it just, anyway. No, mm -hmm. I. But, like, as far as, like, you know, sci it's not science. Creationism yeah. is not real science because it's, it's, not, not, it's not starting from the curious part. You're starting your, arg you know, your scientific argument from, a standpoint that's not science. It's not based on information. No, it's based, based on your on feeling. It's God based is on the creator, yeah. which I've said before. Do you believe in God or do you believe in David Copperfield? You can't get something from nothing. Yeah. Two sides of the same coin. Yeah, and I can and I can agree with that. It's yeah. just that most but most Christians won't, so they won't allow no, you to be that's Christian. That's not true. No. You don't know. <laughs> the only exposure you've had to Christians with some been Southern Baptist was a big influence for sure. Yes. And okay. They. <laughs> and that's just not true. I don't okay. think that you have to see. You're just limited in your exposure. Or maybe a, a little bit, which is why a I'm lot. you know, which why I'm doing this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's one reason why I'm doing that. Not yeah. everyone's just, going to the churches where there's laying on really. hands and faith healing, and you know, not everyone's mm -hmm. seeing that side of that coin. You know, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway. Okay. Well, All right. I think it's about a good place to yeah. call it a day. We've this, I am honored to be the yeah. first third person. Oh no! Thank you so much for being the first that. third. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're thank you for, thank for uh, becoming no one special. I mean, you are now no I'm, one special. Yeah, I'm no one special. Yeah, I'm and you're the that. first. You're, well, you're the third to be yeah. no one special. Now, I think we need to clarify. No one special. I think no is K N O W, which is how we okay. spell it. Yeah. yeah, just so in case you don't know that. No, uh, we we know that very one now that's special, <laughs> and I'm glad you think I was special enough to be. Uh, on this, uh, and now we know I someone hope, uh, special. The, I hope that nobody was bored. <laughs> Truly bored. Well, I mean, that's a symptom of a podcast, people just talking. Yes, But, is. you know, hopefully we've been interesting enough. I, I mean, know. That's kind of the point, is to give out as many yeah. ideas and yeah. uh, points of view and influences as possible. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know, we, I, we don't know mm. what we're doing, but we're... Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of ideas. I think that's part of it. She was saying how Jesus spoke in parables just a little while ago. I think that was a lot of what he was trying to do. I think by speaking in parables, you're able to communicate a lot of levels of interpretation. Yes. If you're just trying to say one thing, yeah. you don't need a parable. You can right. just say what you're trying to say. But right. you need a parable or a story to communicate many levels of interpretation. Yes. Because people are on different levels of interpretation. There's the two-year-old perspective there's a five-year-old perspective there's a perspective of a clinical psychologist yes. a perspective of a of a scientist it's all you know yeah but. and that's uh, there's this 
I don't know if it's a parable, but it's about blind people and an elephant. And I remember hearing this a long time ago. You, if you're blind and you're feeling an elephant, maybe you're feeling the trunk. Maybe another blind person's feeling the tail. Maybe another blind person's feeling the ear and all the different parts of the elephant. And so one blind person might say, you know, as to describe the elephant, well, one of the first blind person would say, oh, it feels like, you know, it's long tubular thing. That's what an elephant is. Whereas the other guy's saying, no, it's a flappy big thing, something mm. totally different. It's still an elephant. Mm. And for one person to say someone else is wrong, yeah. even for an evolutionist to say that a creationist in person is wrong or right. a creationist person just don't you know just gotta gotta be just gotta be open but what do you do when it's flat earthers what do you do when you're talking to flat earthers you really believe the earth what? is flat, flat earthers like what do you because that's not nonsense gonna con- i'll tell you one mm-hmm. darn thing you're not going to convince a creationist in person or a flat earther person, which I really don't know anybody personally that still believes the earth They're flat. out there. I've met them. It's weird. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you're not going to convince say. them to not believe what they believe through your words, okay? Well, I, I had to use, um, for a flat earther, I had to use um, why people are in different time zones. You know why, and so that and the earth sets at different places at different times because it's still, you know, but it's until spherical their minds and, are open to the possibility of something else and i think um fundamentally christian people that you're talking about that you know the fundamental one that's the ones the i have earth. a problem with you know people okay, who are just people are christian because it yeah. helps them and you know they really yeah. just you know have it gives them clarity yeah. and Hope. peace yeah. like i've you know no problem with that when someone is telling me oh no you're going to hell like you know that's like what, what you talk seriously yeah <laughs> like how do you know and what well, and you know yeah. and, but they know so much and this is casually just oh i know like it's whew. i know well, not everyone but it goes like back that. to that yeah, blind elephant true. okay well yeah that um proselytizing you're supposed to tell people that um that aren't saved that because that's what your job is as a christian and it does say that in the bible i mean it says What's a lot that? of other stuff too it also says that um if you don't live by what you're taught, you know, if you don't act Christ-like, that the it'll it's like a vine that doesn't produce grapes; it'll be cut down. Faith and without burned. action is dead. Exactly. Basically. Yeah. And so there's just all you can ju- really justify anything through scripture, which is a little scary. It's kind of like it statistics. It is scary, and that's that's why yes. I, that's if really I what I just don't really like about it. Well. It's people, you know, how serious said, people can take it. Just remember the blind elephant thing, Yeah, I know. Okay? I know. <laughs> it's a different perspective. And don't argue with somebody that an elephant is really a big flappy thing because they're just seeing it from a whole different side. Right, it's still so the elephant. No, it's the ears, really. <laughs> it's only the ears. Yeah, elephants no. are defined by their ears. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I think that parody is a great place to stop. That's yeah, really, thank that's you. Place no, to, yeah. yeah. That was a good time. Right. Yeah, very Thank good. Thank, thanks for being on here, Mom. And we nice will be back nice um, some other you. time, probably okay. really soon. Love you, Mom. Love you, too. And you, too, Taylor. <laughs> it was nice oh. finally getting yeah. to talk to you, too.